0: What does it mean to be a conservative business owner? Now I'm gonna say something a little bit controversial here. Um, I'm actually getting really tired of some of the people that are probably legitimate conservatives within the business space or the entrepreneurial space, essentially telling me that I have to buy their product or their service, not because it's good, but because they're conservative. They're trading on my patriotism. They're trading on my values without actually providing a quality, good, or service. Well, we've got a special guest today that started a business in 2018, and he has conservative values. He has Christian values, but he's also provided a superior product, and we're going to discuss today about what it takes to not only be a good business owner, to be competitive in a market and an economy which is increasingly rebelling against the very values that we hold as being sacred. All of that and more coming up on this episode of Making the Argument. To our members in Volley, I hope that you enjoy this conversation.
1: And if you are not a member of our community chat, I hope you'll go to the link in this description. Join, introduce yourself, and we look forward to hearing from you there.
0: All right, a little bit different roundup today. As always, I'm your host, Nick Freitas, member of the Virginia House of Delegates. But other than that, a reasonably okay guy. We have with me, as always, my beautiful bride, Tina, queen of the bees. Hello, everyone. Our... Uh, our producer, uh, video editor extraordinaire, the guy that makes us all look good. Hamilton, the good Hamilton, the one that doesn't like central banking. Thank you, Nick. And our special guest from good ranchers, Ben Spell. How are you doing, Ben?
1: Hey man, doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh no, it's our pleasure. It's, it's great to, great to have you on. I got to give a little bit of uh, a little bit of backdrop here. So we, um, we, uh, we got some, some good ranchers and, uh, and again, like I said, there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, I'm a conservative business, do business with me because I'm a conservative. Right. And, um, you know, I, I obviously, some of the other people that we follow within this space do a lot of advertising with good ranchers. You guys do a lot of advertising with them and, uh, you've, you've supported those guys, which is much appreciated. But when I first had the, the package of meat yeah. show up to our house here, I was a little skeptical because I'm, I'm a little picky when it, when it comes to like red meat, like it, it better be good. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife is an excellent cook. We've got a big green egg and, and we know how to, you know, cook the steaks. And here I'm sitting in this box of, of, you know, there was fillets in there. There was uh, some ribeyes or some New York strip. There was some chicken. And I'm like, all right, we'll see. Now we could have spaced that out over time, but being the, you know, red meat eating masculine manly men that we are, we're like, no, 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 we're going to do a side-by-side taste test of all of this. And so we threw it on there and Ben, I really tried to not like something. I really tried to find something thank wrong you. with it, yeah, but you had, you, <laughs> you had a great product. You had a great product and it led to us kind of following up and, and talking with you and having it here today. So do, do me a favor, tell us a little bit about, because what I find interesting is you, it's, it's not like you were studying in school to one day run a meat company, right? Yeah, that right. was, that was not the path here. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how this all started, what you were doing beforehand. Like what's, what's the, the origin story for, for Good Ranchers?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you like the meat. Uh, f- first and foremost, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that, uh, that always helps us get a a lot further down the road. So um, yeah, we, I was a, I was kind of a preacher's kid. Uh, my My grandfather was a pastor. Lots of uh, ministry in my family, and um, I grew up playing music and singing. And just um, uh, in my early twenties, just started working for the church that I was attending because I volunteered heavily and stuff like that. And um, uh, so I, I was, my plan was just to do ministry because that's what I knew, and um, uh, I, I absolutely loved it. I play piano, play guitar, and um, I love worshipping i love leading people in worshiping um, i love you know all of the things i love helping people um, all the things that go with it um, but in one day in in 2017 um, uh, i had i had took a brief sabbatical from ministry in 2014 and i worked for a meat company a friend of a friend owned yeah. and i worked for a meat company um, um, doing like outside sales and I did it for maybe six months five or yeah. five or six months and and I uh, absolutely hated it like <laughs> <laughs> I, I i mean i yeah loathed it. I was like, God, like get me out of this like i put me back on a stage, put me back behind a guitar like like that is not for me yeah and um and so went um back into ministry and working um you know you know, doing the thing that I, that I knew to do. And oh, I, I don't know how periodically, but periodically I would just, like, I would have the thought of, man, you know what? There's aspects about that business that if somebody would do this, they could probably do this. or yeah. if, they could, if somebody would, somebody could take that idea and do it with integrity, do it with honesty, do it. And, and it could probably be a pretty, a, you could actually be a, a, well, a, and, a really good company. A because I, I think what
0: people don't understand is that when, when they're buying their meat from the store yeah, um, or, or wherever they get it, they, they don't understand where their meat is coming from. They really don't understand a lot about how so, it's been raised. Uh, and look, some people don't care. That's fine. Do what you want. But yeah. There, there is some confusion when you see the product of the United States, that doesn't mean that cow was, you know, raised yeah. and you know was out on a pasture and then, you know, had some corn and then you know, that's oh, yeah. not, that's not necessarily what happens. So t- tell us a little bit about some of what are probably the misconceptions within like the meat industry in the United States.
1: Yeah. So, so that's, so working for that, for that company, for that brief time, um, I, I realized two things. One, even people who, manly men like yourself, no offense. <laughs> uh, not that that's offensive, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but manly men who cook all the time, grill all the time. Um, still, uh, most of them, 99% of them. And uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you're welcome to get offended. Really don't know anything about meat. Yeah. Even like, even like, you grill all the time. Cause all you know is like what you, you, you go to the grocery store. Um, yeah, you know, I know that's hamburger. I know that's a ribeye. That's, that's it. That, and, that's, that's right. And, and I would, I would actually, I would actually question, I would actually question, I bet I could put, I but I could put a, a, a bone in strip and a bone in ribeye in front of you and, and say, look at these ribeyes. And most, most guys are going to go, <laughs> Oh yeah, that's some good looking ribeyes. Yeah. Or even just like, again, people just, they don't really, I realized they don't really know what they're looking at what makes it good, yeah. um, how to tell anything. So, uh, and, but they'll believe whatever you tell them. Those are the two things that I learned working mm-hmm. for that company. And so, um, so my thought was, man, if somebody would do that with integrity, if someone would like source well and, and provide a, a, a great product, um, I think somebody could build a meat company and, but that someone was never me. It was just, you know, I was, I was back working at, I was working full time at a church and, and uh, just periodically over about a, probably about a year, year and a half, every once in a while I would have, I would just have that thought. And sometimes I would talk to my wife about it, like, man, somebody should do this. And if they could do this, 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 and this. But I, again, I had no, I just, I was not going to be an entrepreneur. I, 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 my path was set. Um, but one morning I heard God's voice say, um, I was, I was, I was in the, I was in the bathroom getting ready and I was th- thinking about it again and I heard God say, you do it. Like, and it yeah. was, and it was clear, like it was like, uh, Damascus road moment. Yeah, like it yeah. was, it was clear you do it. And I came out, uh, uh, of the bathroom and I said, I think to my wife, I said, I think God just told me to start a meat company thinking she's going to look at me kind of like you just looked at me. And, uh, <laughs> she can do the sensible thing and talk you out of this. <laughs> yeah. Thought there would be some conversation, something. And um, I'll never forget this moment because she looked she looked right back at me. She said, if you heard God, then I trust you and I believe in you. That's so here's awesome. my question.
0: How long have you been married at this point? Uh,
1: not very long. Um, three years. Three years. Yeah. Okay. Any kids yet? Um, we had had our first kid, yeah.
0: Okay, because you have four total.
1: Yeah. Okay. We had just had our we had just had our first son. Okay, so <laughs> well so, and she, so, she
2: at least knew enough to know that he can distinguish when he's hearing God's voice.
0: No, no. And and I mean let let's let's explain this here, right? Because there it is so easy to look at something after it's been successful and think, oh well this was inevitable. Yeah. But at this point, Right, like you, you—it's not as if you had already been an entrepreneur and you decided to get into a new industry. You'd never been an entrepreneur. You'd, you'd done work in ministry. You'd done work as a as a worship pastor. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's kind of that's what you knew. That's what you were comfortable with. That's where you were going. Your only experience was six months working in this industry for someone else.
1: Yeah, just and you sales. hated it.
0: Yep. Right, and you hated it, and now you're telling. <laughs> You're, you're you know, when, you, when you tell it like this, yeah, I, I, it sounds really bad. I'm just saying. Now you're telling your wife that you three. You just had your first kid, yep. so now we're talking about. I remember when we first got married, 19 and 20, right? We didn't have any money, but who cares? It's just us. We can figure it out, right? Living on love. Moment you have a kid, it's like, oh yep. crap. We, like, yeah. there's there's another whole human being here. Yeah,
1: so I, I need, to, I, I want
0: people to understand right. that you coming out and saying, "Hey, hon," and her saying. Mm-hmm. If that's, if that's what you heard, I trust you and let's do it.
1: That's pretty cool. It's no, it's, it's amazing. And, um, and and to give honor to my wife, like the, uh, women who are women who are listening today, um, the most powerful thing you can do for your husband is to believe in them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, don't let them be an idiot, but, (laughs) 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 uh, but, but, um, when my wife looked at me and said, I, I, I believe in you. And if you heard God, I trust you. Um, like I knew she meant it. And, and so I, I, I didn't have this, I I didn't have this fear of failure because I knew that and failure can, there's a lot of definitions of of that, right? To me, failing is only when you quit. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, if, even if you quote unquote fail, if you learn from it, and you keep you yeah. you know um you, you keep going. So um but it was really it wasn't that I was so confident that we were going to be successful, but I was confident that even if I failed, she would still love me yeah. because she believed in me. Yeah. yeah. Like like that's what I that's, Oh, that's critical. Yeah. That's,
0: it, it is it is in impo- it it becomes, you know, as a husband, I would say that when when your wife does believe in something that you're doing, you just feel you almost feel invincible. Mm-hmm. Um when she doesn't, I don't care how qualified you are. Mm-hmm. I don't care how confident you might've been five up. seconds. But the moment she says, I don't think we should do this, yeah. that is a kick to the gut, like nobody's business. Yep. So, but, yeah, but, yeah. but all right. So you tell her this. And then of course, <laughs> so we, two
1: weeks later, you're <laughs> we, an amazing success yeah, and everything no. worked out. <laughs> Gosh, no. So we, you know, we start the process and, and, and the things. And, um, um, uh, the, the church I was working for, I went and told, talked to the pastor and told him, Hey, I'm doing this. And he of course tried to talk me out of it. And he's like, you're, you're not hearing God, you're, you're, you're meant to do this. This is really? what you're supposed to do. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, man. And so like, no, I'm going to, this, this is what I believe I'm supposed to do for my family. And, um, and, and so, so we did, we, we started and we, uh, I, I, and I was that guy also that knew nothing about meat by the way. So <laughs> yeah. if I offended anyone earlier, <laughs> uh, and, uh, a, a lot of, um, ranch, uh, ranch people that we, we talked to, um, even today, um, uh, about, about seven or eight months ago, I was in a conversation with some people and some guys, and I, and I said how before we started, I didn't know anything about meat, and uh, this one guy looked over at me and he said, boy, you still don't know nothing about meat. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know a little. I yeah. <laughs> learned a little. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't know anything, but we, I knew I heard God's voice, and and so began to pray and ask God, how are we going to get favor? What are we going to do? And so all I knew was to get a truck and put some meat in it. And, and uh, so when we started, it was me in a parking lot at, at a mall in Waco, Texas. Is this um, a thing in Texas? Yeah. Okay. I was
0: <laughs> going to say, like yeah. when you say that, I'm yeah. like, wait, I can't imagine going to a mall in Virginia and being like, Oh,
1: meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Selling yeah.
2: meat out of the back of the truck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, they sell some stuff out of the back of trucks here. It's just not usually meat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is true. So, yeah. um, and it's becoming, and, and honestly, we, we actually made it a, a pretty big thing. Um, there's a lot of people who do it, um, uh, now, um, and, um, but I, I didn't, in, I didn't invent that. I saw yeah. other people doing it and that's what I did for that six months. And so, but I thought, um, um, I, I saw an opportunity to, to, to start there, but to grow to something, okay something better. And so, so this is 2018, 2018 All we right. started and, um, uh, and, uh, yeah, we, we, I have six brothers and so, um. I, as I started bringing them in and said, Hey, teaching them what I was doing. And then I would go find another location. And, um, by 2020, we had 20 trucks and, oh, wow. and in those two, three, you know, two and a half years. So by 2020, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, <laughs> but, you know, uh, honestly, when, when God tells you to go like, um, like it, again, we, we had to put in the work, but God really went before us every step of the way. And, and, um, not that it was easy, but it wasn't hard. So um by twenty twenty we um we would have anywhere from fifteen to twenty locations open at a time and we were traveling around the country and we were and the, the plan was to get online. Yeah. Um and then COVID happens. Yeah. And uh you know, the the world goes crazy. Well, online <laughs> yeah, wanna, picks up big time, a, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 but, yeah but before yeah.
0: that you guys had a um you know, we had we had you told us a little bit about this, you guys had a moment, which was kind of a, it, it had the potential to be a breakout moment for you guys, but it was also the potential to break you guys.
1: Oh yeah. I Tell us a little bit about Houston. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so getting started. So yeah. Like, like you said, um, you know, we heard God's voice and two weeks later we were ultra successful. That was not the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, uh, you know, I, my, the first sale we did was a, a parking lot in Waco, Texas, and it was me under a tent, and my wife was running our social media back home, holding the baby, and um, and we saw some good success there. I called one of my brothers, uh, two of my brothers from Louisiana, and they they came and they took over that location. I came back home to Houston. And I thought, okay, what's going to be our next location? Where we're going to go from here? And um, and again, I felt I, I felt God kind of nudge me to go to the mall right by where we live in Houston, and uh, and I went and talked to them to the, to the guy over the specialty leasing there. And, uh, he happened to be like the regional person of all the malls in the Houston area of this per per particular property of mall. So they had five different locations. And I was honestly, I was, I was, I have no business acumen, um, (laughs) at at that point, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I did not do the math on the, the amount of resources and money it would take. Um, in product yeah. to, to be able to facilitate and advertising and trucks and, and all those things. But he was like, Hey, you should, he's like, I'm, I could, I could get you at, um, at these five malls around Houston. And I said, yeah, let's do that. Um, and so, <laughs> Oh wait, that's so, going to require some infrastructure. <laughs> that's going to require some infrastructure. And so, um, we, we, pulled together, like, we, we maxed out every credit card, um, uh, borrowed money from my mother in law, um, and um, it maxed out my brother's credit cards, um, and and then had meat on consignment, and wow. just, just uh, uh, all in about uh, a, a little over two hundred thousand dollars, just like between just all credit lines, yeah. and yeah. and my bank account was empty. Like yeah. like we, the two days before the the sales were supposed to open up, and um, like advertising's paid trucks meets all showing up <clears throat> everything is 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 done and my wife and I are driving around um with our our um at the time i guess 6 month old little boy in the back of the car um and we're going to like to kinkos picking up menus and flyers and the different things that we need um and we stop at a gas station just to get some water some chips and, and stuff and i don't have a credit card that'll work to buy water for my family and oh, no. And that's when the gravity of like, oh, crap, what are you doing? Yeah. Really, like really hit of, man. Um, but we knew uh, that, was a, that was a Wednesday. That was a Tuesday. And we knew Thursday we're opening. And once we start selling yeah. this, you know, all of our money was in meat and, and, and all this. And it was like, you know, we we're going to be okay. Um, that night I get home and the health inspector calls, the health inspector for the Houston, for Houston. And we'd already had our all of everything laid out and stuff, and I, I know better than you know, no business acumen, but I know better than to yeah, not just randomly get saying. a health permit. And he calls and he says, "Mr. Spell, um, we're gonna, de- we're gonna. I'm so sorry to tell you this, but we're gonna have to deny your health permit." Oh no! And I said, "Well, I, I mean, you know, the the feeling of just just dropped. Of you can't do this. We've already paid for radio. We've already paid for meat. We've got." we've already paid for these small locations and signs and, and all everything. And he says, I, it's like, I, I, I hear you. I'm really sorry, but the city of Houston does not allow what you're doing is peddling and the city of Houston doesn't allow peddling. And he's like, I'm sorry that you got this far. I know who you talked to. Um, and they, that they told you you could do this, but you just can't set up and sell meat out, out of a truck in the city of Houston. And I'm like, but we just did this in Waco. And he's like, well, that's Waco. This is Houston. We don't, we don't allow it, and if we if we let you do it, then we'll be over. Like we'll have to let everyone do it. And we, he's like, "I'm sorry," and and hangs up the phone. So, um, I go to my wife and, <laughs> hey, remember when you said you believed in me? Oh man! <laughs> um, and uh, what was her reaction? She she was she was pretty quick to say, "Well, did you tell them about the food drives?" <laughs> And, uh, and I said, no, I, I, I didn't. And before we ever started, before we ever sold a piece of meat, even in Waco, um, I was, I was, I knew I heard God's voice. They started meat company. And then I was praying one morning, God, how are we going to get favor with cities, with yeah. malls? Um, like, like, how are we going to have, because somebody has to like, the malls have to let you, like, sh- uh, you have to, you know, have an agreement. You like, And so how are we going to get favor with, with people, with cities, with malls, like, we, we, cause no one knows who we are. We've never, we have no track record of doing this. Like, and, uh, and, and God placed my heart. He said, give. And, um, and I thought, okay. Um, and I said, well, if we're going to go into these cities and we're going to sell meat, um, let's make each location a food drive. So let's partner with the local food bank in those cities Um, we'll, you know, we got big 50 gallon drums and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll put a barrel, we'll tell people to bring non-perishable food items. And then when we're done, we'll give a proceeds of our, we'll give a proceeds of our, um, a percentage of our proceeds directly into that community for those food banks. And so when Waco, in Waco, we did that, we collected, you know, um, hundreds of boxes uh, of of food, not, you know, perishable, non-perishable items. And, uh, and then we gave, um, uh, I don't remember uh, to and it was probably like five thousand dollars, which is a sizable. Lot. Yeah, yeah, you know, like their food banks aren't just getting a lot of checks for. So you guys had already been. Thousand. You
0: guys had already been doing this as kind of like part of the the yeah. the plan that God laid on your guys' heart on the way that you were going to conduct business and kind of be different.
1: That's right. And yeah, so so why is that important to the health department in Houston? So when I tell my wife that the health department says, "Hey, we can't we can't do this," and she said, "Well, did you tell them about the food bank?" And I said, "No, I didn't tell them about the food bank because like." They, they said they don't allow peddling, and what we're doing is peddling. I don't know why that matters. She's like, "Well, call them back and tell them that we're partnered with the Houston Food Bank." And so um, I called them back and said, "Well, hey, we're we're partnered with the Houston Food Bank, and each of our locations is a food drive, and we're we're doing this." And he said, "Oh, well, in that case," <laughs> and and obviously like this, the then I'm oh, like, "Oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus!" And um, and then two days later, we opened up. Uh, we opened up in those locations on a Thursday, and by Saturday midday, every truck was sold out. Wow! And and um, and that's really what launched. Yeah. And if it wouldn't have been for that, we would have never, um, because we did have some misses after that. But that launched us to have enough because we're self-funded. Like, sure. And and um, and and again, we all we had was a bunch of credit card debt to start. So yeah. And y- y'all had spent money on radio, on ads, mm-hmm. on me, just yeah, everything preparing recoup. for the sale. No, yeah, yeah. We 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 had about um, thirty-five thousand um, dollars on, on wow. in, in in just in advertising wow. for that for that like um, span of.
0: Well, there's two things about time. this that just blow my mind. I mean, one that's I mean that's incredible. Uh, yeah. that, that I I imagine I would have got <laughs> off that. Phone and my wife would have known something was wrong when the phone got launched across the room and I started <laughs> screaming about the government. But yeah, um, but one of the things that does amaze me about that is that that a, a government bureaucracy can allow you to get that far down the path mm-hmm. with no real concern about what it actually means for your business mm-hmm. if they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, they're not liable for anything. They're just, oh yeah, we're sorry this happened. Oh, okay, well, great. Well, you know. You, your empathy and you know three hundred thousand dollars will will recover that, but in, yeah. unfortunately, your empathy by itself gets nothing. But then the fact that in in that moment, your wife remembered like, well, did you tell him about this? What did you did you mention that? And that was the linchpin to you yeah. to you guys literally being, hey, not only are we bankrupt, yeah, but. So are some of, you know, you know yeah. Hey, Hey bro, yeah. thanks for the yeah. credit card. Yeah, load yeah. Of the That's credit exactly card. right. Yeah. It and went from that to, we now have kind of the capital needed to really
1: kind of take it to the next level. Could you imagine not being able to pay your mother-in-law back? Oh my God. <laughs> 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 no, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so you guys do, uh, you, so that, you guys do that. That gives you that. And so then that launched us COVID. <laughs> yeah. So that launched us. But again, we, I honestly, back then I still thought that like ministry was my, I thought that God was just putting good ranchers, like um, was just kind of a a stepping stone to, to start a church or to plan a church. Cause I always thought that that's what I would do. And so I, I, yeah. I thought it was just kind of a means to an end to, to maybe um, cause w- one of my issues working at the church, by the way, which is kind of why I took that sabbatical and then, and then I wound up coming back is because I, I did not like my salary coming from the church mm. not, and I have no issue Like, it's a full-time job i worked at. Sure. Like, like I have no problem with people getting paid to work at church. It is very much a job. Yeah. Um, but for me, personal conviction, I didn't like my salary coming from the church. I want it. Um, and so, and so that I'd been praying to God to give me, to open something up, um, to where I could use my, to where I just didn't have to get paid from, from the church Yeah. again for me. So that's, that's where that kind of whole started. But so I thought good ranchers was just a means to an end of I'll do this for, you know, we'll do these pop-up shops and we'll do this kind of thing for a few years. And that'll, that'll give us enough of an income to then start a church. That's what I thought the plan was, but then getting into the industry and, and when we started, um, when we act you know west we once we got around seven or eight trucks, we started having some buying power and and then being able to start cutting out middlemen and getting going directly to processors and going directly to facilities and then and then and then going directly to ranches and 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 um we we learned oh wow, this is a racket <laughs> and it's a mess yeah and uh and and so like so who good ranchers is today is I mean, night and day different than when we started. Like, sure. I mean, honestly, we were we were kind of like a, a we might as well have been been like a a, a, a meat firework stand. It's like that's, you know, it was just like It's like
2: the ice cream yeah. tr- ice cream truck for grown men. <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: Um, but but just diving in and learning and and when and sourcing and buying and stuff, and then it was around 2019, but um, you know, about yeah, about a year year and a half in, when I learned that. Almost everything we were buying was coming from Mexico in uh-huh. South America, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, wait, huh?" Yeah, it says USDA. Yeah. yeah. It says, what are you talking about? And they're like, "Oh, yeah, everything, like every everything comes from. There's no country of origin labeling law. And it's um, all a feedlot and on you know... beef and, pork. and I'm like, "Wait, are you what?" And so, so then that started us on this. Um, no, we don't. I say, like, "Hey, we want to source American meat. We want to source from American farms, and ranches." And they're like, "Well." This is what everybody does. And, and so that's, and we started on this, we don't want to like, for, yeah. yeah it, I And I wouldn't, I would never really, I never considered myself like a, like a strong patriot yeah. um, in this. I mean, I love, I love America and I am yeah. a patriot, but I guess I didn't realize it until that, until that moment. And I went, no, like, that, like, that's like, I guess I realized, I, you know, how patriotic I was. And I said, no, we should, if we're going to s- sell meat, we are going to source from American farms. We're going to source from American ranches. Like don't we have? It? And so then studying and, and learning, I realized that, um, uh, in 2015, we took away the country of origin labeling law. Yeah. So we can import beef and pork, which yeah. side, side note here. Um, you know who China produces the most pork, um, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh about three to one of the amount of the, the United States. Wow. The most popular brand of pork in the US that you will see in the grocery store. Um Smithfield. There you go. Ah, you yeah. said it, not me. Yeah. Was bought by China in twenty thirteen. Yeah. By by a Chinese um by a I Chinese heard about that. company in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Okay. In twenty fifteen, the country of origin labeling law is taken off of pork. Yeah. You just when, just it was, let that sink in.
0: When it was interesting too, because there was all these th- like Canada and Mexico were threatening the United States with tariffs if we didn't take off, like retaliatory that's right. tariffs, that's right. but the World Trade Organization was basically saying, yeah, we'll let you do that. And it was, it was going to be a lot in tariffs. And so that was used as some of the justification for, for why we would take it off the labeling. And, and look, I'm, I, I love free trade. I think all of that's yeah, great. It, the thing I don't like though, is I don't like what feels like mislabeling on what's Mm -hmm. going on right now. It's one thing to say, you know, if you want to know, I'll tell you, it's another thing for me to advertise a certain way, knowing that you're going to interpret that. I'd
2: like to see the campaign contributions associated (laughs) with those votes.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, and and this is what we say. uh, I, I, I try to say this every time we talk about this. I'm not telling you, I'm not saying that imported meat is bad Yeah. or, I mean, if if you if you look up the the last I don't know however many you want, five, ten mm-hmm. um outbreaks of um of um Mad cow food no foodborne illness. Oh, like um, listeria Yeah. coli coli. Yeah E. coli, yeah, there it is, yeah. sorry. Uh in beef. And, I mean you can Google this for yourself, but every single one that we've had in the last go back, mm-hmm. um, it's all coming from imported beef. Yeah. Like just so there's, there's something for you, but, um, I'm saying the people should know yeah. it should be labeled. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't, have a problem with like importing meat from, from anywhere in the world, yeah, sure, but yeah. it should say product of New Zealand. Well, at the very
0: least don't tell me it's a product of the United States. It shouldn't States be able to when... say
1: product of USA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the, and here's, but here's the problem. Um, beef is selling in the store for more than it's ever sold in the yeah. history of the U.S. and American ranchers are getting less for their cattle, uh, or than like than ever, yeah, like, they're getting just because
2: of the processing uh, regulations.
1: It's it's a it's a whole conglomerate of things. The American people want to eat American meat, yeah. and if the if the country of origin labeling law, which there's a lot of talk about it right now, and um, and and I think we're making some track. We are making some traction because mm-hmm. the American consumer. There was just a poll put out um, just a few months ago, and almost 90% of the poll was we believe that there should be a country of origin labeling law on on meat of, you know, of the U S people. They want to know where their meat's coming from. And so the issue is, um, they go to the store, you're buying, you're shopping online. If you're buying in America, you just assume you're buying stuff that was raised here when you're, when you're just not
0: Thomas Massey's tried to address this in, in Congress as well with things. Um, The other thing that's amazing is, is the processing, uh, you know, in, in the U S because that people don't realize how much control the federal government has over our food. And, and especially I would say with meats and whatnot, um, like I've tried to carry food freedom legislation in Virginia. It's a nightmare. Like every time I show up and and even if it's limited, like I had a bill that said, if I want to go to your ranch, like your personal ranch, and I want to buy some meat, there's a, there's a ton of regulations, ton of rules, ton of everything that goes along with that. Even though you're not selling an interstate, which means if it's not an interstate, the federal government should have nothing to do with it. That's right. It's not an interstate. Feds shouldn't have anything to do with it. But every time we try to pass any sort of food freedom on a state level that will make it easier for you to be able to get food from your neighbor, it, even in, so it doesn't violate interstate commerce clause, the feds will still come down and say, if you pass that, we'll remove um, processing plants from your state. And so it's this intimidation factor that they play because the moment you're, you're, you're raising beef to go outside the state, well now interstate commerce clause does take effect. And so there's this huge problem with, with being able to do this. And we, we look at it when you look at American farming, we're the number one food exporter in the world, Mm -hmm. we're, we're the most efficient agricultural production country in the world. The only one that could even be close to maybe the Netherlands, Mm -hmm. because it's the second largest food exporter. But when you look at the, the rules, regulations, subsidies, you know, the government interference in agriculture is just absolutely mind boggling. And then you look at some of the other issues that we're seeing with supply chain issues and, and everything else. I, I know, like, if, if you would have told me five years ago, Hey Nick, you're going to be really into homesteading in a couple <laughs> of years. I've been like, I think that's cool, but I yeah. don't know that it's some, and now all of a sudden I'm like, I'm growing more food than I've ever grown before. Yeah. We're raising more food than we've ever raised before. And, and, and a lot of that is because a couple of things. One, I don't ever want to be that dependent on yep. the grocery store. I never want the people in my family. I never want the people in my church. I know I never want any of them. Like I want it to be in a position to where if something like that happens again, I can make sure that, you know, my, my community, my larger community, I can help feed them. Yeah. I, I want to have that. I got 10 acres. That's enough to do some stuff with. Yeah. The other thing that really is, you know, our, our, um, you know, one of our children has some food allergies, um, that, that really, you know, can be problematic and just knowing the source Mm -hmm. of, of how something was raised or how it was grown or what went into that, it it became a lot more important to us on on that level. And, And I think as we see more and more just the various garbage that goes into processed foods or the way that some animals are raised, some people oppose it for ethical reasons. Some people oppose it for health reasons. Um, but I, I think, on a large scale, more and more people have been like, "Look, I, I want to buy you know, beef that's local or American or whatever it is." Mainly because, if that industry is strong, good. It means that the overall industry isn't as dependent on foreign imports. If all of a sudden something gets shut down or there, yeah. or there becomes a problem, yeah. So, it, how, did, how did you guys move to? Because because going perishable online is not. Yeah, it's not. It's that it's, ain't like selling. Yeah, it's it's know, very hard.
1: Uh, I I will say this: so, so people have this idea that that um, the beef industry in the United States is is this um, is this big corporate industrial factory farm and, and thing, um, and there's seven hundred thousand independent farm. In, I'm sorry, independent ranches. Yeah. In the U.S., that in the average herd size, the average herd size um, is about fifty cattle, Mm. and that makes up twenty percent of the world's beef. It's our neighbor. Yeah, Mm. right. And 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 so, um, like the American ranching, the American agriculture is is strong and healthy. But we have to support it. Yeah, like we we just have to support it. And again, we think like for whatever reason. Uh, for whatever reason, American, like American agriculture has been demonized mm-hmm. and it's okay. Like everywhere else in the world, like like Brazil is raising cattle better than we are, or yeah. New Zealand is raising cattle better than we, like they're not, yeah. like, but, but, um, that's the impression that's, yeah. Yeah. Used. Like the, like the cattle that are being raised in the U S are, um, are creating or contributing to climate change, but the cattle in the rest of the world aren't, like, <laughs> it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, It's it's kind of like when we drill for our own oil, we're bad,
0: but when we buy it all from Saudi Arabia, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: it's the, it's the same thing. And so again, there's 700,000 independent farms and ranches, um, that, that are raising cattle, like you said, like your neighbor on on these small family farms and some of them have been generations and that's just, that's just what they do. And we need more of that, but the system right now isn't set up for them to win, Mm -hmm. um, uh, over a hundred thousand of those have went out of business since 2015 since wow. the cool law uh, well over probably close to 150 thousand it's like almost twenty thousand a year is has been the run rate since 2015 of ranches closing their doors and these are these are a lot of these are uh are have are farms that have been generationally passed down and and the my fear is that we're we're giving up control of our food. And I love what you said, you're a homesteader, but like we should have that mentality as a nation. Yeah. And we're, we're just giving up control of our food. And um, I, I believe that the country who controls the food is going to control the people. And if we don't keep control of our own resources, then we're going to have to be a slave to these other countries who can feed us. So...
2: I think COVID really showed us supply chain issues uh, and shipping issues. And when all of those ships were stuck in that one strait and they couldn't get through, I can't remember exactly where that was. But there's just all of these goods on their way to the U.S. but can't get through.
1: That was a good time for us to not be importing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So th- that's one of those things that's interesting is you guys had said, and because if you
0: guys were, so you guys got online and started doing online sales 2019, End
1: tr- 2020-ish? End of 2020. End of 2020. End of 2020. End of 2020. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're into COVID in the, we're in when the this, pandemic, is, yeah. this is,
0: this isn't, okay. So it's not like you were all set up and ready to go. No. So, so you had to do this through the pandemic. Yes.
1: Cost. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was very, very
0: difficult. Cause um, I imagine you weren't, you weren't driving trucks to many malls and opening. I'd imagine demand that got time. really
2: yeah. high though, because I know everybody started ordering mm-hmm. everything online. Right. Everybody yeah. went online.
0: That's I
1: right. I mean,
2: including Walmart, they'll mm-hmm. deliver to your door yeah. now.
1: Yeah. COVID normalized cooking at home. Yeah. And because people, restaurants closed. So people yeah. had to learn mm-hmm. how to cook. Um, it, I say normalized. It forced people to yeah, cook yeah. at home. Forced people that never really and did it and, it. and it normalized ordering groceries yeah. and ordering food. And um, and so so we really were just in a just the right place at the right time or the right space at the right time. and um, and so we we you know our plan was to get online eventually, but once the pandemic hit, we were like, okay, we better get online now because yeah. it's, um, otherwise we're gonna we're gonna get left behind. And so so um, it's very difficult to to ship perishable items well. We learned that the hard way. <laughs> I'm sorry to all of you who pre pre-ordered. Um,
2: <laughs> what does that entail? How do you, I mean, how do you package it in such a way that you know for sure that the product's going to be in good condition when it gets to its or to its.
1: Yeah. So the, the biggest thing is having distribution, um, having distribution close enough to, to people. Like you, the, you uh, we were, we were talking about um, Amazon or Zappos, like yeah, yeah. The, sh- the shoe store. When they started in the early 2000s, they had one distribution center that shipped to the whole United States and was just set up in the middle because they're just shipping shoes and you can just ship those ground and it doesn't matter. Um, but with food, it's got to get it's got to get to your house in 24 to 48, you know, depending on the weather outside, right? But, yeah. it, it, I mean, we want it to get to your house um, within 48 hours. And so in order to do that, we, ha- we have to have more um, facilities across the U.S., which is um, – yeah, so so that so that's the biggest part, and then packaging it. I mean, we 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 insulate and we put dry ice, which keeps it cold. Ah, uh, dry ice. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this question. So, from 2017,
0: you felt like God was calling you to do this. 2018, you really kind of got started. By 2020, now you're, you're you're doing the good ranches that we kind of see today. Mm-hmm. It sounds like kind of yep. really started like that 2020 online. That's right. The, the, okay. You again, you didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You you were not, you, it's not like you had a ton of background in, in the meat industry or anything like that. So here's my question. What what do you say to entrepreneurs? Um or or, or to people that are thinking about doing that? Because I, I see so many people now saying, you know, hey, we got to have the parallel economy, we've got to shop your values, you got to buy American, you got to buy local, whatever it is. And, and like I said in the beginning here it kind of drives me nuts. Not because I don't think that we should, yeah, you know, should. obviously if, if I have two options and one of those options constantly insists on insulting my values and treating me like I'm a horrible human being, because I don't want to, you know, give my kids transition surgery at 13. Right. And the other one is at least neutral toward me. Well then yeah, I would do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What I don't like is, is companies that think that I can slap an American flag on whatever I'm doing and now you're obligated to do business yeah. with me even though I'm more expensive, I have less quality, mm-hmm. I have bad customer service, but it doesn't matter because I'm waving the flag. Yeah. So so what do you what do you say to someone that either from a customer perspective or for someone that like maybe wanting to start a business, what what do you say to them about starting off because again, it's yours is not the normal story with respect to Running
1: yeah. a successful business. We didn't set out to be a no. conservative Christian company. We set out to be a meat company. And if and um, I read a book, um, oh, gosh, it, the founder of Pixar, and I can't think of the name of it, but he wrote a book and came out around 20, 2011, 2012, um, Creativity Inc. I think, mm-hmm. and um, he said, "Quality is the best business plan." It is. And and I just and I I, I took I really took that to heart of if we're gonna st- start a meat company if we're going to sell meat and and uh, and you know those first few years traveling around and setting up tents and being in parking lots and I was under those tents and and my wife was with me and um uh, uh, when our our son was with us sometimes and she was pregnant a lot of those those times we had we had uh, we had four kids in 5 years <laughs> um <laughs> Well, it's good to know you like each other. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, we not only did we decide, hey, we're going to start a business, we're also going to like, you know, start like grow our family at the (laughs) same time. And um, but um, but we traveled and we talked to people and we learned what what they liked, what they didn't like. And uh, but again, we we never set out to be a Christian conservative company. That is just an over. That's just an extension of of just who we are. Like quality is what we want it to be. We want it to be, we want it to provide amazing quality meat. Um, we believe that food is a fundamental human need and we believe that, that food brings people together. If you you look all through the Bible, like there's feasts, right? Then like the people come together, there's there's, there's feasts and, um, uh Jesus first miracle was was at a wedding where they're mm-hmm. celebrating and um even the the last supper was at a t- was at a table where they were eating and Jesus said this do in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the do? Mm-hmm. It's communion. Mm-hmm. And we 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 have this idea that communion is this ritual thing of taking the bread and and the the juice or the wine, depending on your denomination denomination there. Uh Um, But this do in remembrance of me is when you're gathered around the table and you're eating, remember me. When you take the bread, when you take the wine, that's like, like, um, again, I'm not, I'm saying like half communion, but, but, um, but the, this do in remembrance of me is, is, is around the table. So we believe Mm -hmm. that the uh, Ronald Reagan said in his farewell address, all great change in America starts at the dinner table. Uh-huh. So tonight, sit down, start talking. Uh-huh. And we have the last thirty years, we've gotten away from the dinner table. We don't cook home. We don't cook meals at home. And even if we do, a lot of times we stand up eating. We don't put the family around the table. Like we we have dining rooms that we use once to twice a year, Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And even culturally, uh, we're set up to where our we have an annual family gathering and that's not how we were designed. Yeah. We're we're designed to for the family to to be around a table and to have meals and food together. So, I said that to say we set out with good ranchers we wanted to provide a, a like when you when you as a mom when you want to go to cook um, uh not that not that as a I mom, you're the, of the only one that cooks. So That's okay. a good assumption. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Whew. Okay. Glad I got that one right. Uh, um, How dare you? <laughs> I know. Gosh, so misogynistic of me. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, you're, you generally always have sides. But it's like, what? What's the protein? Yep.
2: Uh, you have to do have we meat. have?
1: Do we yeah. have meat? Like oh, yeah. that's gen- usually the problem. Isn't? Do we have potatoes or carrots or green beans or macaroni or? whatever yep. it's the problem is
2: do we have enough meat for do everyone do we have enough
1: meat yeah what's mm-hmm. the center of the plate what's the protein and so uh, and so that's with good ranchers that's what we wanted to solve we said you know what we want to provide the center of the plate we want to provide protein and the reason we individually wrap everything and flash freeze it is because it's you can order it you have it in your freezer and and you're ready to go yeah. Yeah. um and cuz when you buy meat at the grocery store you buy you have to buy it in those big Cellophane, yeah, you got to seal
2: it at home, and yeah, hope and it which seals. you can't do it
1: right, and, and a lot of times you buy you buy a big family pack of something, you put it in the fridge, and then you're like, oh crap, I got to cook this before it spoils. Yeah, and a lot of times you're like, ooh, it's it just spoil. a little
2: past the date. Maybe right. I can season it some extra.
1: <laughs> so said all that to say, we set out to be able to provide center of the plate yeah. to make family meals easier for families yeah. to make, and and to the quality to be to be there. Uh, I love what you said when you're like, you were trying to find a problem with it, um, uh, like Pontius Pilate over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to find a way these guys are guilty. Well, it's
2: because we've gotten meat before where we were like, Nah, we don't like this meat. Well, here, here's know?
0: what, I, what yeah. I like about this, and, 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 and you're right, if somebody wanted to be malicious, they could try to cut this and say, oh, he said he's not a Christian. No, what you said was you and your wife, your family, you're, you're, you're Christians, you yeah. have conservative values. Yep. When you went to start a company, and, and you're you're now marketing, you know that you're selling meat. You mm-hmm. wanted a quality product, and quite frankly, when I hear someone say "buy local," "buy American," "buy conservative," "buy Christian," what? Okay, well then, what that should mean is that I'm going to get quality, yeah. mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to get quality because of those things. Yeah,
2: you That's better right. have the I'm, best. I'm not product. buying
0: those things because of everything else, and then hoping it's going to be quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want those two terms to be synonymous with one another.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people. It it does seem that it the it, the cool thing to do now is to start a conservative brand. Mm-hmm. Buy Freedom Water. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and again, I, I'm not saying that's wrong. Yeah. But if if you're going to start a conservative brand, start with the brand. Yeah. Don't start with your values because mm-hmm. at at the end of the day, like the this may be controversial uh, uh, as well, but. Um, Disney sure doesn't start with their values. (laughs) Yeah. But how many people still want to take their kids to Disney? Still wanna watch the Disney movies. Plus,
0: if if conservatives are serious about a parallel economy, if they're serious about shopping their values, then they have to be able to compete based off of the quality and the goods and the services they provide. It better be good. And if you and if you wanna look at if you wanna look at an example of that, Chick fil A. There you go. Chick-fil-A was a great example of a, a company that they had values that they, but they, they focused on if we have these values and if these values are as good for individuals, as we say, if they're good for his families, as we say, if they're good for his communities, as we say, then they should also be good for our business. Yep. And that's going to be reflected in the quality of the products and the services that we produce and what happened. As soon as that came out and then all of a sudden somebody did an interview with the ceo and asked him about traditional marriage and they said well yeah we we believe that marriage is between one man and one woman we have a biblical worldview and all of a sudden everybody wanted to go oh my god how could he possibly what what a bigoted horrible homophobic human being it's like you asked a christian company the, the ceo of a christian company what they thought and yeah. they and they reflected christian values like you're shocked on this and the response the next day was People just flooded Chick-fil-A's all over the country to be like, no, it's a good quality product and we're going to have it and we're going to support them yep. and, and everything else.
2: If their product was If their good. product
0: was garbage, if yep. I could have got just as good a chicken sandwich anywhere else,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then people would have gone somewhere else because now it's like, not only are you not providing quality, but there's all this additional baggage and heat associated with doing business with you. Yep. But instead it's like, no, when I show up there, the quality of the product's good. People are polite. Mm-hmm. They get my order right. And I'm not going to stop doing that because the CEO believe something. He hasn't told anybody. He hasn't told all of his employees. And if you don't believe this, we're going to fire you. He hasn't said that. Right. And that's, that's what I appreciate. Like, I desperately want to see that. I want to see people say that if you believe that these values are, are, are just that they are of value. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to see that in the quality of what you do, not just within your personal life, your business, but I, I want to, we're, we're, coming up on an hour here and I want to get to something else because you have taken a stand, you and your wife have taken a stand on some other issues too, with respect to family. Yeah. And so the values that you guys have as individuals is not just something you apply in the business. It's something that you apply uh, to the family as well. And, and you said something and I'm not going to, I don't want to say it cause I want, I want you to explain it, but we were talking about work-life balance. Oh yeah, and and you had a different term that you used that I thought was was interesting explain to us a little bit about you know obviously you've been very busy for the past five years in the business, yeah. but that doesn't absolve you as a husband or a father right. from your most important job, which aside from being a follower of Christ is being a husband and a father yeah so how do you how do you make all that work
1: yeah, so um back to to books I read that changed my life um rich dad, poor dad mm. oh yeah um and he 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 says somewhere in there that that most people create start a business, and it's funny. I read this before I started Good Ranchers, um, and uh, I wasn't. in and while I was reading, I'm like, this really doesn't apply to me because I'll never start a business. Um, <laughs> but uh, <I> was, <laughs> lo and behold, yes. But someone told me it was a good book, and I should read it. So, um, and but it really jumped out to me where he says that most people start a business, but they they really they they think they're starting a business but all they do is create a job for themselves. Mm-hmm. He's like you the only way you're start the only you're actually only st- starting a business if you if you build it in a way where it can run without you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that yeah. not that we don't work God, I mean, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but 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 and so that just always stood out to me early on mm-hmm. and so I I knew from the beginning like if this is going to be like uh, and again, we had a three-month-old when we started the business, and then um, our our first two boys are fifteen months apart. So, mm-hmm. uh, year two, we yeah. had a, another newborn, and that like I've talked about feeling the weight of oh, okay, like that—that's when it really got serious for me as the second child. You know, you said earlier that you—you know—the first when you when you you're married and you whatever, and then you have your first kid, and you're like. Oh, the the gravity and the, yeah. the weight and the reality um, that hit me with with baby number two, and um, our, and I remember like holding him and rocking him as a baby, like and just praying to God, like, oh Lord, let this <laughs> like, we, what are we doing? Because you get know, this right? <laughs> yeah, well, because things were you know yeah. growing and 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 changing and stuff, and so like I really felt that 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 weight there, and um, so I knew if we were gonna start a business that. I could not be the one, I, I can't, I can't give it 80 hours a week and be a husband and a father. Yeah. And my first call, um, uh, my, my first ministry, my first duty is to my family, mm-hmm. not, not to the business, not to, not to the church, like my first, like uh, God, yeah. but then my family. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so, so knowing that like, I've always, I've, I've always tried to have the work-life balance, but, um, this is a, uh, this is a newer concept for me, but, um, I was introduced to this, uh, a, a while back and, and it just really resonated with me. Someone told me, they said, as an entrepreneur, um, you have, you don't have to, you don't practice work-life balance. You need to practice work-life integration. Oh yeah. And I went, Oh that makes so much more sense because, and, and, and it's, and it's true because like there there my family does come up to the office and, and, and to be, and it's a part of things. And I do like, like they are a part of what we do. And so, so like conceptually for us, like we, we try to practice, um, you know, we travel quite a bit, like yeah. hence, hence being here, but, um, uh, anytime my wife can go with w- can go with me, um, when our kids can go with us, um, like they do, and as they're getting older, that's becoming easier. So for us, it's 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 um, it's one. Um, you have to set boundaries. Uh, there's also this concept, this like this is a very uh, world view concept of uh, if you're a business owner, you have to be available to everybody all the time, and then your family gets what's left over. That's that's just not right. You have to make time for your family. Um I can't say that I've not been guilty of it, but but um you know my wife and I we sit down and we say okay. Um and uh, this this last season has been really busy and and just recently my wife and I said, "Okay, you know what? This is this is this time I'm off limits. Mm-hmm. And there is no such thing as an emergency that can take me away." Yeah. And 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 we just have to you have to be okay. It's it's the same thing Chick Fil A did with Sundays. we're going to be closed on Sundays. Yeah, non negotiable. Like and people uh,
0: don't realize how much they are leaving hundreds of millions of dollars on the table per year by making that decision. That's right. But, but would they be the same company if they hadn't?
1: Right. No. You have to have a Sabbath. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. it's. it's you made it one of the 10 rules. It's, people. <laughs> it's, you have to have a Sabbath. And if you think working yourself to death is going to make you more successful, it's not. Yeah. It, and, um, so, so for, so for me, making time to be with my family is a non-negotiable. Yeah. Like that's, that's our Chick-fil-A Sunday is like, I, it's not Sundays for us, but, but, um, I, I have times that I, my calendar is blocked off, no meetings, no calls. Um, and, 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 uh, and that's not the weekend. I like I have that during, because as an entrepreneur, um, as a business owner, you don't, there's, it's not nine to five right. Monday through Friday for me. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's 24 seven. So mm-hmm. I have time that this is my family time and, um, and people have to respect that. Yeah. And I have to respect it too. Cause it is hard sometimes yeah. when things happen, like, Oh, well, right cause now. there's always
0: a good excuse. Yeah. There's always a good excuse. why this time it's a little bit different at this time. I have to do that. And, you know, it, it's interesting because we we see that we've seen that within politics and running for office and things like that, where people ask the question, Well, how bad do you really want this? It's like not at the expense of my
1: family. The, that's exactly right. Not if you, you gain the world family. if you gain the world but lose your soul. Yeah. Like what what is it what does it profit? Yeah. So and, I mean that can, that that principle can be applied. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and I think the it, it, it's interesting because we can look at that as almost a, a moral position to take, and I believe it is, but it's also an amazingly practical position to take. And, and I had to explain to somebody once who said, if you really want the best out of me, then my family has to be strong
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I can't give you my best. If I know that I'm not fulfilling my obligations to my wife, to my children, you, yeah. you will not get the best out of me at the whole time I'm working on this. I'm thinking about That's right. how I let them down in some other area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying there isn't sacrifice involved. Yep. I'm not saying there isn't a there's sacrifice on behalf of the whole family involved, but yep. if it's gotten to the point where you're so obsessed with this, that you've forgotten them, you will not be able to do, you will not get the best out of what this could be mm-hmm. if your wife is behind you, if mm-hmm. your kids still feel like daddy's available mm-hmm. or mom's available or whatnot. And so I, I always say, you know, it, these moral premises that, that scripture lays down, that God lays down, it's amazing how it, it becomes easy to think I should do this for its its own moral sake, which is true. Sure. But it's amazing how, man, when you actually apply it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it the practical benefits of
1: it are, are pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, God, you know... God knew what he was doing when he designed the family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the work week. Yeah. Like he yeah. it's it's a it's amazing. And uh yeah, there's so much if we would just look at nature more, yeah, the world would be a better place. Yeah. Like and that's a tangent we you know don't have time to get into, but yeah. uh but create creation tells us how we sh- how we should live and especially go back to agriculture. Yeah. And we talked about this at dinner last night, like like this idea that cattle are bad, except there was <laughs> yeah. millions and millions of, yeah. of bison in the, like there was more, there was more, um, uh, bovines in the North America, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hundreds of years ago than now. And, um, yet climate change is uh, an, an issue so now. All the cows and, fault, Yeah. It's yeah. Filthy, it, filthy buffalo. Yeah. three hundred yeah, years. Cattle. Ago. <laughs> yeah. Cattle are the most like biodiverse animals yeah. that just they just help nature so much if we will use them, yeah, correctly. And yeah. Um, so, um, I have
2: ahead. a question. Good. So you mentioned there were some books that helped you along the way. Mm-hmm. Are there any books that you would suggest to the audience? As they're, you know, maybe possibly looking down a similar path.
1: Yeah, the Bible. No. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's
2: always the right answer. That's,
0: that's the that's the kid that's the kid at Sunday school, like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Gosh, Which is technically always true. But <laughs> my my five year old, so I have a five year old and a four year old now. The yeah. two older boys, and then and then a two and a half year old and a one year old, and those are both little girls. Um, Bear, Wilder, Scout, and Daisy, by the way. Oh. So nice! Uh, shout out to my family. Um, but my five year old, um, will is really into dinosaurs and yeah. stuff like that, and so he'll have like a T Rex, and the four year old, and, and so Bear will say, he'll say, man, this uh this T-Rex is so strong or he's powerful. And, and the four year old is just so quick to say, but he's not stronger than Jesus. <laughs> he got his Jesus action it's figure. His, his, like, it's <laughs> his, his rebuttal to everything is, but he's not, but Jesus is bigger than him. Um, <laughs> Anyway. Uh, so yeah. Uh, books that have been very inspirational for me. So uh, two of them I mentioned rich dad, poor dad. Yeah, was, is I mean, that's a, a classic that I think everyone should read whether you want to be an intre- entrepreneur or not. Um, creativity Inc. Um, it's the founder of Pixar. I can't think of his name right now, but the, um, yeah, your next five moves by Patrick bet David yeah. was a really big one, especially on entrepreneurship. Um, and he talks about the difference between entrepreneur and entrepreneur. Yeah. If you don't know what those are, you should read the book and, and okay. figure out which one you are. Um, and, um, building a story brand by Donald Miller was really helped on the, the, the building a brand and yeah. marketing and advertising side. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. all right, well, of course we got to, we got to say, all right, where do people find you? Oh yeah. Uh, dot com. Good, Good I, I will tell you this too. One of the things I like about this, one of the things I like about this site too, is that if you actually go on, you got the about story, they'll tell you about the sourcing. They'll give you some insight into some of the people they work with, what they're doing, what these various terms mean. I mean, we didn't get into it this, this episode, but you will see a lot of things in the United States say organic, Oh yeah. And, and when it comes to, when it comes to like organic it's, chicken or whatnot, it's BS. What, most people have this view in their head that what that means is the chickens are like frolicking along a pasture. No, they're in a cage mm-hmm. with access to the outside. The
2: worst is vegetarian fed. Get, yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah, chickens! T- tell me, you know, nothing about what chickens actually yeah. eat without telling me, you know, when you told me, oh, my chickens are vegetarian, I'm like, oh, so they're malnourished. Right. But yeah.
1: so all that stuff, um, yeah but they go through they explain it. Yeah Google uh, Google organic chicken feed scam. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, if you want to go down uh -uh. a rabbit trail, if you, if you want to have a
0: conversation with one of your, your favorite, you know, vegan friends about that, but, um, yeah, go go and look at all that. Um, they also have recipes on here. It's, it's, they, they also have a really interesting program too, with, um, social media and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, this is a, you want to talk about it again, a company that has done a good job, not only, you know, first and foremost, they provide a superior product, but then they've also found way to people to be kind of involved with it almost feel like a community around it. You, You guys have, you, you guys are doing stuff that we're starting to see other companies try to do. I don't think they do it as well, but they're yeah. they're they're trying and that and that's important. Yeah. So definitely try it, goodranchers.com. Uh check them out. Like I said, we we've uh there's only I think two companies I've ever mentioned um in, in any of the stuff we've we've done, and it's you guys and um American Freedom Co. because and, and in both situations American freedom code was one where they said, Hey, we'd like to send you some." I'm like, no, I will buy something. Yeah. And if I like it, then we'll talk. Okay. And, um, and, and you guys, and like, I, like I said, I am, I have yeah. never been more ready to find fault with a, a product <laughs> because I'm like, oh, okay, great. And I'm not just, I'm, I don't want to just do this because oh we're conservatives. We're Christians. Like, okay, but is it good? And I got to tell you, man, like, and I, I wasn't even able to cook it on the green egg. I had to go straight to the skillet, which is also a great well, way to prepare yeah. a That's steak. Iron
2: pans got they, its own they do they, it's got
0: its own thing and it's good but it can be a little bit more difficult yeah, than yeah. throwing the big green A and,
1: and we threw it all on there and and yeah let me uh let me do a let me do this for for your listeners impressed. um uh, i will have our team do a $30 code off um, plus free bacon um for for your no. listeners yeah two we'll do a pound and a half of free bacon plus $30 off for your listeners oh wow um, uh, no, then. <laughs> we'll we'll use the code um, Ben is awesome. No, I'm kidding. We <laughs> uh, yeah. We use the code Nick. Okay. Yep. Cool. All sounds right. Good. Sounds yeah. Cool. Sounds great. code Nick, great. And we'll do $30 off plus a uh, pound and a half of free bacon. Wow. We'll do- How do you say no to nice. a pound and a half? of yeah, free Yeah. You bacon. can't do that. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, hey, Ben, it has been an absolute pleasure. Please give our best to your family. And, yep. uh, and most of all, um, thank you for not only professing your values, but living them out and what you do, both with your family and with your business.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks.
0: All right. Well, thank you all very much for joining us. GoodRanchers.com. Check that out with that promo code Nick. You're going to be able to get $30 up plus a pound and a half in free bacon. You're welcome, America. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next episode.